Everybody, welcome to a, another episode of the Bitcoin Podcast Network's Just the Headers, where two bozos <laughs> attempt to give you news headlines in the crypto sphere from the past week. I'm Dimitri, and I'm Jesse, and we're just two bozos. Talking about headline news. How does it feel to be a bozo, Jesse? It feels great. I feel relinquished of all the ethical and social responsibilities that come with being an upstanding and eloquent public speaking professional. Incredible news source. We are not. We're just two bozos. I get one star reviews on iTunes. (laughs) (laughs) Anywho, thanks guys for tuning in for another week. We're going to jump right into the headlines this week. Coming from last weekend. Oh, this one's a big. This is an article written by Jamie Redman. It has 3,776 views. Manufacturing giants Bitmain and Canon announced second generation miners so let's dig into this on march 29th the two largest mining rig manufacturers canon creative and bitmain technologies announced the sale of their next generation devices that process the sha-256 algorithm both firms are gearing up to sell the new products this spring as a slew of mining operations have been prepping up new facilities in order to take advantage of the wet season in china um yeah so this is like standard issues par for the course news jesse we got bitmain and canon making new asics i wonder what the new hash rates are going to be in the um power consumption of these new um, asics art i want some stats man let's see so the bm1397 chips are produced using tsmc's 7 nanometer finfet process and yangxin claims the revamp 17 series will provide miners with a 28.6 percent efficiency boost uh than the previous 7 nanometer equipped model using the bm1391 so from a here's a quote from a technical point of view, there's no end to the development of technology. However, in the short run, the driving force behind the development of next-generation miners beyond 7 nanometer chips is slowly down due to physical limitations. Didn't you say this like a few weeks ago, that 7 nanometers is, is as small as it gets? Yeah, a few months ago. Yeah. But yeah. Yep. Ooh, here's It looks more. like they're talking about... Um, 5 nanometers. Yeah, yeah, 5 nanometers. So, Taiwan Semiconductor Manufacturing Company, also known as TSMC, 
is already in the process of building five nanometer chips. So, so it begins that quote with a nanometer size shrinking quantum effects among, among other new challenges come into play. So beyond seven nanometers is when weird stuff happens with the uh, silicon atoms. Mm. Nothing behaves as normal. It's really hard to build the gates at that scale. Mm. Because electrons be electroning. The- they they don't they don't act the same way I guess. That's bonkers, isn't it? Isn't yeah, I never I, got. Go ahead. Uh, I've never gotten that uh, deep into like beyond seven nanometers. So I only dealt with how how gates and how everything works, transistors work. You know, at at scale, at production scale, which is mm-hmm. seven to seven nanometers and greater. Yeah. That's like in the realm of like physicists. That's uh what Corey has his doctorate in. That's what, that was his dissertation. In microchip quantum, development? Quantum computations. Oh. Yeah. I think it's a little bit different, probably. No, his is like using quantum physics physics to tr- to like the chemistry of of atoms. That's what Corey's thing was doing. But he did he did uh metal and things in the quantum area we should bring him on he said he wanted to come on the uh, show so maybe sometime we can bring him on and maybe he can talk about what he might know about scales smaller than seven nanometers yeah i think it'd be cute (laughs) we'll get him drunk and then he can explain what he knows and if not we could just speculate getting Corey (laughs) drunk is as easy as waking him up wow he likes he's a drinker he's a drinking man all right, next article. It's coming, we promise, audience. You're on the edge of your seat, aren't you? The implications of using 5G and blockchain. Dang, look at that picture. She's shooting lines out of her phone. 9,375 views. So, this is, ooh, this is an in-depth article. Do you see that sticker on there? Oh, yeah, in-depth. Analysts have been anticipating the implications of the Internet of Things for several years. However, there have been two main impediments to the success, capacity, and security. But now the introduction of new technology could change that. This year, major carriers like AT&T and Verizon will be introducing 5Gs. The latest generation of cellular mobile communications. This 5G platform brings high data rates, reduced latency, energy costs, sorry, energy savings, cost reductions, higher system capacity, and massive device connectivity. Massive, Jesse. Massive. The combination of 5G and blockchain technology has the potential to unleash a surge of economic value. This article is kind of full of crap, but we're going to keep reading it. In order to understand this connection between 5G and blockchain, one must think of the relationship as multifold. The power of 5G coverage through its reduced latency, high speeds, and capacity allows for Internet of Things devices to become widely used. Simultaneously, these devices can leverage the security, decentralization, immutability, and consensus arbitration of blockchains as foundational layers. Really? You think so, Jesse? I mean, it's definitely going to make streaming uh, like video games, like Google's um, Project Stream, a lot easier. 
Um, and it's, it, it tells you the statistics. So we don't have to give qualitative like descriptions. It goes, uh, 5G brings speeds up to 10 gigabits per second. And right now, cable is about you know anywhere between 100 to 300 megabits per second, with fiber giving you you know one gigabit through either Google or AT&T fiber. Google, yeah, Google fiber or AT&T. So basically, this is just going to allow me to play games so better, ten times faster and wireless. Oh wow! Yeah, and this already in places just not in the states and this like already in korea and japan don't they already have 5g pretty much you know i think i think it might be right about that yeah i think i think i think japanese wi-fi makes our wi-fi like laughable right i I know it's an asian country i just don't know which one it's either korea or it might be both it could be both korea's got it on and popping too so anyways uh Here's a little section here. It says scaling up. Unfortunately, the second problem of scale cannot be directly solved by blockchains. The sheer extent of Internet of Things means the decentralized blockchain architectures are not capable of handling the necessary throughput. This is at least true on layer one blockchains themselves. So that's what I was. That was my major concern when I said this article's kind of full crap because the blockchain can't handle that many transactions. It just can't right now. Maybe with sharding it could, but it can't right now. Yeah, that's what they're talking about later in here. They're talking about um, blockchains with block size increases and Ethereum with sharding and the liquid network and the plasma network. They're just saying like they could take advantage potentially in the future. It's just they're just they're just trying to find a correlation between increased internet speeds and the possibility of blockchain being able to take advantage of it one day yeah. when it can scale. I mean, it's cute to think about. You know, but it's just not reality right now. Because no, you got to think, if, if you had Internet of Things, let's say, what are there, what, 7 billion things connected right now? 7 billion devices on the Internet? I thought there was like 5 billion smartphones or something like that in circulation. And so... So there's way more than that, like devices. Like devices, you have oh to yeah, think like... devices are everything. Like so it's probably... machines are connected to the Internet. I'd say it's easily... 15 to 12 12 to 15 billion devices right there's three devices per cell phone like tens of tens of tens of billions of devices maybe even hundreds of billions everything's connected to the internet like everything oh i'm not even thinking about like your cash registers are connected to the internet square payments coca-cola vending machines like snack machines laundromats like home uh thermostat systems hvc systems Light systems, everything. Okay, so we're talking about hundreds of billions of devices. Yeah. How in the hell would a blockchain handle that many transactions? Not even possible. Let me roll it. Like IOTA, right? Was supposed to be that. IOTA needs a IOTA of cents right now is what they need. Cause ain't shit going on there. All right, moving on. Last article from the weekend. Ooh, this one's juicy. Oh, dude, I forgot to tell you. Uh, I had a horned melon this last weekend. You had a horned melon? A horned melon. You ever seen one of those bad boys? I don't think I've ever seen one of those oh, my horned goodness. melon. It, uh, it basically no, kind of tasted like a sour pomegranate. Here's the uh, thing that I didn't like about it. 
It cost seven dollars for that thing. Not worth. Not worth seven dollars for a sour pomegranate. And it's like it yay it's big. Eight. It's like as big as a half of a cheeseburger. And I paid seven dollars for it. I was upset. I was perturbed. Dang. Next article. But let me tell you something. It was kind yeah. of fun to eat because you like cut it in half and then you squeeze out the pulp with your hands and they just kind of uh-huh. squeeze. It looked like alien alien embryos. Not gonna lie to you. Whoa. Yeah. You should yeah, check I'm it looking out. pictures of it. You should give it a shot. It's fun. All right. I don't um, even know where to get one. <laughs> just go to the grocery store. They're chilling right next to the uh the fucking uh dragon fruit. Oh, okay. I'll look next time. The Darknet's largest marketplace is closing, but a replacement is on its way. Of course, this is this article's not even worth reading. Okay, anytime a Darknet market closes, a new one opens. I'm pretty sure they have like a 15 year plan. Like, you can't stop the internet from selling drugs on the internet. It's never gonna happen. Why do they always shut these things down? Like, they pop up the next day. They might as well just leave it open and then do good old-fashioned police work and just track the baddies if they really want to get them. Oh, well. Mm. Your turn. Let's do All lightning right, rounds. Lightning rounds. Lightning round. Monday. Is there anything super interesting? So, Pakistan plans new digital currency regulations following FAFTA's urging. Boo. This is William Suberg. So Pakistan, uh, 5,269 total views and 251 total shares. Pakistan is implementing new cryptocurrency regulations in an effort to improve its track record fighting financial crime. English, pa- English language Pakistani news outlet The Express Tribune reported on April 1st. So Pakistan, which is seeking to reduce perceived levels of crime such as money laundering and terrorist financing, will now introduce a licensing scheme for electronic money institutions. According to Pakistani news outlet, Dunya News, cryptocurrency trading has now been has been banned in the country since April of last year. Okay, so... Cool. Pakistan sucks. Next. Uh, Alright, so next article. Canadian police freezes assets of fuel token issuers due to alleged $22 million fraud. Got Helen Hartz... Yeah. 5,663 total views and 193 total shares. Canadian P- uh, police have frozen assets of the founders of blockchain consulting firm Vanbex, which raised $22 million in an alleged fraudulent ICO. The development was reported in a court document released on March 14. According to the document, Vanbex founders Kevin Hobbs and Lisa Chang claimed to the public that they operated a Vancouver-based cryptocurrency for, uh, firm starting from 2017. The firm, which was interchangeably called Vanbex and Ether Party, is actually a shell company that developed no usable products for our use. All right, cool. So They're good they, the uh, guys. The police have now frozen two accounts of Vanbex co-founder Hobbs and seized the founders two new Land Rovers as well as the ordered, as well ordered the founders not to sell, borrow, or damage their Vancouver condominium for at least 30 days until a further order from the court. Mm. Uh, so apparently just don't buy the token called fuel. Um, and you're good to go. The so. thing that's disappointing though, is that those investors are probably just going to be out on their money forever. Yeah, definitely. 
Your turn. Uh, last article for Monday, Coin... How crypto is taxed in the U.S. A taxpayer's dilemma. Last year was a bear market for cryptocurrencies. Many investors who did not know how to hedge their cryptocurrency investments saw these investments lose value from market highs in 2017. Facing the deadline to report their taxes uh, by April 15, 2019, United States individual taxpayers may wonder what their United States tax reporting obligations are if they held, donated, or sold slash exchanged their cryptocurrencies at a loss during 2018. Taxpayer's Dilemma. Let's imagine a potential 2019 taxpayer sitting in front of his tax advisor and feeling embarrassed to tell him that he lost 90% of a 100K investment in cryptocurrencies when the cryptocurrency markets experienced a downturn during 2018 with leading cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin and Ethereum down 80% or more. Taxpayer heavily invested into crypto at the end of 2017 and beginning of 2018, which he said he regretted every day since then, but because he lost almost all of it. Mm. The tax advisor assured the taxpayer that this would give rise to a taxable event only if he sold exchange or donated his cryptocurrency during 2018 and that these things would need to be reported on his U.S. tax return noting. However, that holding cryptocurrencies would not give rise to a taxable event but may give rise to tax reporting reporting requirements if cryptocurrencies were held in a foreign financial account. Hmm. Cryptocurrency or hodlers. If a taxpayer um, for 2018... Hold on, let me finish this real quick. Um, if a taxpayer for 2018 has not sold, exchanged, or donated the cryptocurrency he bought at the end of 2017 or beginning of 2018 and is still holding them, then there is no taxable event to report on his U.S. tax return. Tax reporting uh, requirements would arise if the taxpayer held these cryptocurrencies in a foreign financial account and if mandatory financial thresholds were met under Foreign Bank Account Reporting, FBAR, or Foreign Account Tax Compliance Act, FATCA reporting requirements according to a letter that the American Institute of Certified Public Accountants, AICPA, to the Internal Revenue Service, IRS. So there you go. Um, So, in a nutshell, pay your taxes. Pay your taxes. I don't understand why there there seems to be so much confusion around something. It says right here, though, like, like, if a taxpayer for 2018 has not sold Exchange or donate the cryptocurrencies he bought at the end of 2017 or beginning of 2018 and is still holding them, then there is no taxable event to report on his U.S. tax return. Yeah, there's not. Why would there be? I feel like I mean, a lot of the people who bought, who've been buying, haven't really, I don't know. You're not taxed until you sell it. It's not taxed until it comes back into USD. Yep. And then at that time, if you sell at a loss, there's no, you just take, you just report the loss. So, all right. Like, you can actually claim a deduction on your ta- on your taxes. I think based on the loss, on the capital loss yep. as well. See, capital loss exceeds three thousand. Deduct three thousand from your. Yo. Um, yep. Tax return. There. Yeah. All right. Lightning. Russian banks join Chinese Swift. Is the dollar era under threat? Okay, I'm not reading this article. No, it's not. I hate when headlines ask questions because you know the answer's no. And there's like a rule there. There's like a theory. Like whenever a headline asks a question, you can just answer it no. And it was clickbait. You don't think the dollar era is under threat? No. Not even close. You don't think the dollar is under threat? Not even barely. <laughs> what, do you, what do you think about the British pound? Is it under threat? Yeah. Maybe. But not not heavily. They're going through some it, growing pains though. Have you looked at the... Uh, the value of it, though, in like relation to like other currencies or like the dollar, the pound, 
Yeah, it's, it's a British pound. quite a bit, hasn't it? Yeah, from like 2.2, $2.2 per British pound to like 1.3 in like a couple a couple years, if not two or three years. So. Yeah, it's, it's been rough. They're going through some growing pains. So this next article is written by Connor Blinkensop. That's one hell of a name. It has 3,700 total views. Why Binance, the world's biggest crypto exchange, is enthusiastic about stablecoins. Let's read this. Binance unveils a series of new products and features relating to stablecoins, with the world's largest cryptocurrency exchange describing these digital assets as an efficient fiat gateway into crypto. Stablecoins are often pegged with a fiat currency, meaning... Oh, that was a sponsored article. Oh, it is? Yeah, I didn't realize that. Oh, I just looked at the boo. picture. Next. This is sponsored for Binance? By Binance. Yeah. yeah. That's weird. Why would Binance need to... Why would Binance need an ad? Because Binance it, doesn't have real volume. Here's an article by Christian Powell. Augur scam sparks centralized versus decentralized debate on Reddit. According to a Reddit thread on March 19, traders on Augur, a decentralized oracle and peer-to-peer protocol for prediction markets, are being scammed. The Reddit user claims that some people in the Augur community are exploiting the design element of the Augur protocol by purposely creating enveloped markets through ambiguous wording. This allows them to profit by gaming the system, rendering Augur unusable. Ouch. Here's a quote by uh, Joey Krug. It's been on. I've actually interviewed Joey Krug three times. He's a he's a brilliant, brilliant young fellow. Um, almost all of these purposely confusing markets are being created by one person, not a bunch of people. <laughs> the activity on these markets is also by one person. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Well, I mean, it's not much of a scam. It's just one person doing it. Just saying. And on to the next article. Oh, that was the last article for Tuesday. Jesse, it's your turn. Wednesday's news. All right, here we go. Wednesday. First article. How a large cash for Bitcoin deal goes down. Or does it go down deep? Do you know? I'd have, I've never made a large cash for Bitcoin deal that was shady looking like that. So let's figure it out. In a gold briefcase. Yeah. A, what is it? Yeah. Gold briefcase with Bitcoin. <laughs> yeah. Get out of here. But anyways, All let's, right. let's, let's, let's see here how we this go. goes down. So AJ is a British Bitcoin miner who loves privacy and hates KYC. When he needs to pay or when he needs cash to pay his bills, he meets Bitcoin buyers in person. Easy is a full-time Bitcoin trader who spends his days driving from city to city buying and selling Bitcoin. By the way, illegal. So if you get caught, you'll be uh, sent to jail. Uh, This week, the two strangers met to conduct a $20,000 trade. News.bitcoin.com watched the deal go down, noting the steps each party took to protect their assets. So you need a money uh, transmission license. Um, If you don't have one of those, it's illegal what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, is yeah, there any way illegal. you can't walk around with tens of thousands of dollars for to give to someone random? I mean, you could, but people do that, right? 
I mean, people do that, but not I'm just often saying, anymore. Just at your at your own risk. You know what I don't you know? see a lot of now these days, oh, yeah. and it took a long time for it to happen. Pretty much my entire life, armored trucks. I've seen them. I see them like. I'd say I see an armored truck maybe two or three times a year only. Hmm. Do you have? Do you see, see them a like lot? Twice a week. Once or twice a week, yeah. Really? Yeah. Hmm. I I don't know why that just hit me because it really has nothing to do with this article. Oh yeah, it does. Cash. Cash. Big big bunch big amounts of cash moving around. I remember just when I was a kid, I I'd see them all the time, like all the time. And now I I just don't see. Maybe maybe it's just the way my life is set up. Maybe I don't know. Up. But anyways, um. So it looks like so just to give you like the lowdown, the anatomy of swapping Bitcoin for cash with a stranger. Here's uh here's some dialogue between to the two people of the transaction. Quote, is there any way you could do 6 to 7% messaged easy over Telegram? It was the day of the deal, April 2nd, an event that had been in the making since the previous Friday. For easy, it was just another deal. He'd be driving for five hours to meet the seller, and five Bitcoin was the minimum he was willing to travel for. For AJ, it was the it would be the largest cash deal he'd ever done by a considerable margin, and he was understandably anxious that it should pass without a hitch. Dude, are you at a like racetrack? What's going on over there? Up, up by the the highway that passes into the city. I'm Jeez. like equivalent downtown. It's loud um, as hell. Yeah, sorry about that. Um, here we go. They agreed to a rate of five percent below Coinbase price at the type at the time of the transaction. Now Easy was pushing for an extra two points on the deal, but AJ demurred. Even at five under, I'm taking more of a hit than I'm accustomed to. He messaged Easy back down. The plan was for AJ to catch the train from London to meet the buyer in a public location to conduct the deal. I would write along for the purposes of reporting the story, the names and locations in which have been changed, and for solidarity, or rather for backup. All right, cool. So basically, if you if you buy uh, Bitcoin for cash in bulk, you can you know negotiate typically like you do. And like most things, you negotiate um, more of X for your cash. And yeah. I guess that's no different in Bitcoin right now. It's just like a decentralized exchange. That's that's actually as decentralized as it gets. That's all. Just, you come together. Somebody has an ask. Somebody has a bid. Hopefully they're close. Hopefully they're close. Yeah. Yep. So... Okay. Cool. And then uh, next article, Wednesday, Jamaica Stock Exchange to launch live trading pilot for Bitcoin and Ethereum. The Jamaica Stock Exchange, JSC, will soon carry out a limited pilot to trade Bitcoin and Ethereum, according to a press release on April 3rd. 3rd. Uh, The JSC has signed a master agreement with Canadian fintech firm Blockstation to continue developing tools for the trading of digital assets and security tokens. Following a successful live trading pilot in late January 2019, the JSC and Blockstation will continue building a safe and regulated ecosystem for trading digital assets and cryptocurrencies. Going to the announcement of limited pilot to trade Bitcoin and Ethereum through the JSC and participating broker dealers will be launched soon. Yesterday, Cointelegraph reported that Switzerland's principal stock exchange, SIX, listed a Ripple-based exchange-traded product. Oh, did you... 
was it was it true that uh, the SEC passed um, approval for uh, an ETF, crypto-based ETF or something? So, is that so true? Again? The SEC approved an ETF, oh, crypto that was, ETF. That was April Fool's. That was April Fool's, okay. Yeah. All right, cool. So Jamaica is launching a stock exchange for crypto. And the last article for Wednesday has a lot of views. Anna Berman, 25,504 views, 256 total shares. Bloomberg, Bitcoin's recent renaissance could be linked to algorithmic trading. Um, they're, just, they're just speculating here. Um, they're saying that automated software to bounce around funds and trades is highly suspected for introducing the recent rise, mm. the recent pump into most of crypto. That happened this past week. That was like maybe twenty billion or so. Yeah, it was a solid spike. Yeah, so twenty percent surge price on uh, Bitcoin. Yep. Uh, Tuesday, April second. Um, as experts told routers, a twenty thousand Bitcoin order, around a hundred million at press time, was spread across the United States-based crypto exchanges, Coinbase and Kraken, as well as Luxembourg's Bitstamp. Triggered by the order. By the giant order, the bots could then start trading, forcing prices and volumes to rise. All right. Well. Cool. Don't trust the price unless you're winning. That's what that means. All right. On to Thursday. Bitbex is to compensate users affected by unforeseen auto deleveraging after the Bitcoin bull run. Oh, this happens every time. Yeah. So just a word to the wise. If you're a really active trader, you want to be a really active trader. And these huge surges and these drops, uh, there's going to be unforeseen circumstances. You're, you could lose some money. Exchanges freeze. Exchanges freeze. <laughs> you're trying to buy or sell. Yeah, you can get liquidated because you can't get a bid in there. Like, it's it's chaotic, which is why you, you try to be way 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 ahead which is kind of like why i look at the one week chart when i move things around because I'm, i want to be weeks out to avoid stuff like that but anyways um but saying that is like one thing and yep saying it you just have uh, to have it yeah it's, it's, you have like a, a strategy like mm-hmm. it depends on if you're like you know like a an a minute by minute trader or if you're a daily tra- trader or if you're a swing trader or if you're like long term just depends on how what your trading style is but nobody knows it's all a gamble you know mm-hmm. if you put your best strategy foot forward and you just stick with your trading strategies and modify them if they're not working yeah. out for you i'm looking for bart simpson uh uh <laughs> What's what's the Bart Simpson um, pattern? Only. <laughs> That's it. Head and shoulders, Bart Simpson. Next article written by Marie Hulet, India. Interim bail granted to two brothers accused in $300 million crypto Ponzi scheme. So I, one thing that I will say is a pretty good positive for the entire ecosystem is that law enforcement is cracking down which one adds legitimacy right because if crypto weren't money if crypto weren't valuable 
then if somebody stole it, then law enforcement would just say, you know, kick rocks. Well, it's not the it's not the cryptocurrency that matters. It's the money that people put into it that was fiat, right? Don't don't do that. I'm just telling you how it is. Just robbing the moment. <laughs> if somebody steals like all your Bitcoin, like all your crypto, like it, it's harder to go to a judge. I would imagine and be like, they stole all of my imaginary money. Versus like people who said like I gave this guy twenty million dollars of cash to buy Bitcoin and he didn't give me my imaginary Bitcoin, you know you, you're at a loss of twenty million dollars in cash and the judge understands that. And mm. I guess I don't know. People still probably look at crypto as like imaginary money. I don't know why they would. I don't know why they would. Um, last article. And then we were going to call, call it a day. Roger. Oh, this one's something we already know. But we're going to say it. We're going to put it out there. Google search requests for Bitcoin tripled during the recent price surge. That's it. That's all you need to know. Crypto spikes, Google searches for specific. I think Google searches spikes. are lagging indicators. I don't think that they're. I think they're indicators of future volume incoming. You think so? I think so, because like when when the hundred, when the hundred million dollars worth of Bitcoin was purchased, everybody knew about it. And then, uh, like, I wonder if we look at timestamps in the Slack whenever people found about it, found out about it. Um, look who's faster. Uh, the the timing of when we receive the news in Slack. And then look at the spike in Google searches versus uh, if the Google searches were before when uh, before that information was posted in the Slack. Mm-hmm. And look at the trading volume. Look at the trading volume and how it correlates with the timestamp of the Google searching. Look at the candles, right? Yeah. You've got bigger candles, you know, after yeah. post post search then. Probably figure yeah. out something. Yeah, there's definitely some credence to to that. So, well, we're gonna wrap it up, guys. Very short episode this week. Uh, go get yourself a horned melon, Jesse. You got anything you can tell anybody? Uh, no, I've been doing some cool stuff, traveling. Cool, but uh, yeah. All right, I've been, I've been pretty good. Come back to the states in one piece. Thanks, man. I'll, I'll try. All right, guys. Thanks for another week of listening. Very short episode. Um, you can check out the headlines. There's a lot of art headlines. We just get a few. There's tons. You can check it out um, in the in the show notes on thebitcoinpodcast.com. Click that link. You can see all the headlines. Uh, you can also join the Slack. You can actually talk to Jesse. You can talk Andy. to me. Yeah, me. You go to thebitcoinpodcast.com. Click the thing that says Slack and follow the instructions. If you can't follow those instructions, we don't want you in the community. Just telling you how it is. Uh, Don't subscribe to this and uh, don't follow it. Don't tell your family and your friends about it. In fact, don't tell anyone that you listen to the Bitcoin Podcast Network and Jesse and I because we're bozos. (laughs) 
<laughs> <laughs> Alright, guys. Play.